1159 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. And welcome everybody to our Daily Gun Show. We come to you live every day at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's 4 Pacific. We go around for about an hour and 90 minutes. We have three gun-related topics, different topics throughout the week. We run it live over on YouTube, but we simulcast it over at gunchannels.com where we're watching the live comments from everybody who's watching us live. Um, let's see when it's all uh, I think when it's all or we'll, you know, when it's all over, we'll take the uh, the audio from the uh, show and we'll post that as a podcast on iTunes. So we encourage everybody who is listening to the show now or in the future to leave us some feedback on whatever platform it is you're on. It's going to do two things. It's going to allow it tells us where you are and it allows the show to be recommended to more viewers. So we do appreciate that favor. It's why we take time in the beginning of the show every single day to talk about that. Um, we've got five guests for or five hosts. Four of us are here today right now. Uh, we've got Bob normally in Canada but now south of me in Arizona. Thanks for jumping in. Hey, glad to be here. Maybe not in this heat, but glad to be here. South me by like three blocks. And then uh, Dano jumping in from Illinois. Glad to be here. Close to Dano in Michigan is Smeggy jumping in. Thanks for joining. Yeah, I'm indifferent on being here. I don't know if I'm glad to be here or not, but thanks for having me. Touch by movie. Oh, wait. No, yeah, it was Kentucky Fried Movie, right? Prisoners in the Basement. What? I think it's that movie. Nothing. He wants stuff. to go back to the to the other table. He's not sure if he likes it at this table. No, I'm pulling an obscure it's... one out of there. I don't think people are going to catch up with. But uh, anyway, thanks for jumping in. And then I'm down here in Arizona also. So uh, we've got Dee joining later on in the show. Uh, we're going to be talking today episode 267 of update on the Hughes. We'll just be touching on the Hughes Amendment, NFA, touch on the HPA. Uh, then we'll be talking about uh, good idea, bad idea. Today it's MacGyver. Uh, then we have our gun advocacy segment of the show we do every week, and we're going to focus on Texas, and then the stuff that we do every single day. Uh, before we dig into the show, though, do we have anything that happened overnight that we like, want to talk about? Well, uh, I've been right out of touch. Uh, I don't know really not much to talk about, but just be aware about because I always think it's it's good to be aware about what's going on in the world around us, even if we don't necessarily discuss it. Is um, uh, Washington is currently tied up in uh, the um, fight over uh, what's going to replace Obamacare, and uh, the Democrats, you know, crying out yesterday as far as the millions of people that will not have health care and that current uh, debacle. And then, of course, tomorrow, what I don't hear enough about, which kind of concerns me, but maybe it shouldn't, is tomorrow night at midnight, uh, the government runs out of money and we enter in a possible sequester uh, type atmosphere once again. So um, that's happening tomorrow night, the 15th, and yet I hear little to nothing about it out on the interwebs. So, but nothing really to discuss, just points of knowledge to be aware of. Well, that, that sounds like it's time to celebrate tomorrow night at midnight. 
Yeah, if it runs out, you know, Trump's just going to put it on his platinum diamond card and just say, okay, you'll owe me, right? And I understand why many people may feel that way. Uh, but just as an example, uh, if they decide, well, if we have to constrict things until we have a, a, a long-term agreement, we're going to shut down uh, two out of five VA remote locations to consolidate expenses. I mean, there's all sorts of things they can do that would affect, if not you, people that you might actually care about. And that's just one example. So... Well, without getting too much into just plain old politics, seems like every time they do that in order to teach us a lesson, the lesson we learn is we don't care. And no one even realizes they're off except for a couple of people. So yeah. keep doing it, government. Eventually people will figure out we don't need you. That, that was kind of my point of the celebrating. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It didn't necessarily happen overnight or anything, but uh, I don't know if it's a day in history type thing, but happy pie day, everyone. That's that's important. So, uh, what pie are we celebrating with? I I personally don't have a pie in the household at the moment, so I don't know. I'm open to suggestions. Well, so I forgot you, all about it. I wanted to get a key lime pie. Damn. Well, we can. I didn't want to go eat pie at breakfast, so either. So why don't we just go meet up later on and get some pie somewhere, take some pictures? Yeah. <laughs> And where did you get this Pi Day thing from, Smeg? Today is March, and it's the 14th of March. So a lot of people denote that today's date as 314, and Pi is the numerical representation of okay. this 3.14 with a shit ton of numbers behind it that never ends. 159. Yep. That's as far as I know. Okay. I didn't know you were doing the mathematical thing. Gotcha. So one, is one, 3.14. One five. Yaddy, 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 one, yaddy. yeah, one five nine two. Nine two oh. Yeah, nine twenty. Because last year would have been three. Okay. And then it's not. There's more digits. Okay, so last year would have been three fourteen on the fifteenth year of two thousand fifteen or the two thousand. So it would have been denoted as three one four one five, which is pi. And then at nine twenty p.m. or a.m., I think it was uh, nine two zero. Oh, so I think that's pi. Whatever. Yeah, that would have been a couple years ago since it is 2017 right now. Dope. But whatever. I like to live a year behind everybody else, but that's okay. Oh, okay. You can just, so, you know, speaking of the show, where are we at? Oh, come on. Mr. is going to talk about politics. We're not allowed to talk about pie. This is uh, now, here we got it. It has a direct impact upon our freedom. I don't believe pecan pie does. Pecan pie, no one said anything about pecan pie. We're talking about regular pie, good pie, people like to eat. Yeah. So uh, Raphael says pizza pie is an excellent idea. Oh, yeah. Never thought now of that. Now, that is delicious. Oh, and then Night Strike said freedom pie. But I don't understand because he spelled pie with an I, so. Because <laughs> 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 Night Strike can't spell. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess... Uh, According to Dano, not allowed to talk about pie, so we'll dig into the show. Today's uh, first topic is Second Amendment, and we say Hughes and NFA slash HPA update. Uh, I know I've seen, or I continue to see, conti uh, consistent uh, efforts at 
uh, encouraging people to purchase suppressors from all angles. Um, from the hearing, or what do you call it, the ASA for sure, the American Suppressor Association, and the people that are spearheading the Hearing Protection Act, the HPA, uh, but also from a lot of manufacturers, obviously have self-interest in not going out of business before the suppressors are taken off the registry, but also from a lot of just interested people who I think are fairly concerned about all these rumors of, not rumors, but all these um, stories about suppressor companies losing money to the point of putting off, you know, laying off people and, and uh, I imagine they're not all large companies, so they're not all going to make big announcements when they have to lay off people and laying off people might be almost the same percentage of workforce, right, for a smaller place. And it might not have the bells and whistles, but it might have the same effect that, you know, they're having trouble on ends meet. So that's about the only thing I can say I've uh, seen, you know, just through my peripherals as I'm taking, uh, going along. I don't really see anything about the hues and even less well, about the NFA. But what about you guys? I'll say going at the, the hearing protection, um, I just jumped over to the lovely source of everysecondmatters.com and went over to uh, you know the 2A wiki and found the tracking. And basically the last thing that happened was in February 6th, it was referred to the Subcommittee on Crime, Terrorism, Homeland Security, and Investigations. This is the HPA, the Hearing Protection Act? Yes. Uh, this is the what, House Bill uh, 367 or something. There's a Senate one also. The Senate one hasn't really gone anywhere. So it's going more in the House, and then the Senate one's just kind of sitting there. Um, they're pretty much the same, except some of the dates don't line up as far as, like, who gets their $200 tax stamp back. One of them is, like, more people get it back than others. But they'll they'll argue that out, and, you know, they'll pick one. when If they both get passed or whatever, they'll, uh, what do you call that, where they make them the same kind of thing. Matt is saying that they're he thinks they're gonna die let let it die in committee since it's not a priority. Do you think that they could do the same thing that Democrats will do when Democrats try to get rid of guns? Anything they do is a win because if they try, they got you know they get a credit for trying, and if they win or succeed in creating more inf in uh, infringements, then of course they're celebrated for you know losing everybody's freedom. So. Is that one of those things where they're just going to play the politic role? Like, hey, we suggested this thing, which is awesome, and then, you know, give it a, a try, but not even the old college try. And then when it fails, they go, get to go, well, we tried to pass something cool and unique and awesome. Uh, that's possible, but I think that they actually, you know, they do actually want to see it get passed, at least the people that... Uh, you know, wrote it and oh, I don't introduce it. I mean, I, I'll i give you that. Maybe some of the co-sponsors that jumped on, they don't really care one way or the other. Um, they'd vote for it if it came out. But like, like you said, right? So it's down in a subcommittee, and I don't know how many people are in a subcommittee, like five or something. I mean, it's, it's up to them to do stuff. And then whoever runs that pushes it forward to the next place for a vote. And like, you know, they get to pick on what they vote on and what they don't. Whoever makes the schedule controls. The subcommittee that it's in has more than just one bill. So it's not like they're all necessarily advocates of it or anything. They just happen to be the committee that it was most appropriate to have vote on it. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, right now, Congress has so many huge uh, 
balls in the air, things in motion uh, of size that will impact this country for many years to come, uh, whether it's uh, Obamacare and repeal, replace, et cetera, of that, uh, whether it's uh, the, the financial issues that are uh, tearing this uh, country, pulling this country in one direction or another, uh, that this kind of stuff gets put literally to the back burner when you have these huge gargantuan size issues that they have to deal with now. Uh, they don't have the luxury of putting uh, what's going to happen tomorrow or not happen tomorrow off for six months. And so what happens is some of these other issues that may be important to us uh, get put to the back burner. And I think that's what might be happening here. I'd like to thank you for the new hashtag. Congress has huge balls, dot, 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 in the air. Well, okay, then. Uh, you know, Congress, you know, they, they, they can only handle so many things at one time and because they're, they're being pulled by lobbyists in multiple directions at the same time. And, uh, you know, I don't think I like they, use, though, because that's their own job. There's like hundreds of them, and that's all they do. So how can they bitch about the only thing they have to do? Right? I'm referring to the individuals that actually vote, not, not their uh, subordinates. Like, isn't it just whoever pays them the most money gets the vote? No. Maybe in Canada. Well, isn't that why you have lobbyists? So they can just bribe the politicians? Isn't that what they do? Nope. So you have a position, and somebody suggests that here's this position requires some legislation to either enforce it or remove it or whatever affect it and then the legislation exists so lobbyists are from what I understand just there to kind of walk it through so that there's a entity that's aware of the piece of paper the concept and it doesn't just get shuffled under so if you're an industry or you're a group of people or you're a nonprofit or you're a doctor whatever the hell it might be and you've got some interest in affecting change, you can ask and then walk away and assume that that's really doing some work, putting in the time, or you can actually get to a level like this one where we create the Hearing Protection Act. We have lobbyists called the American Suppressor Association, called the ILA of the NRA, others, that then monitor the progress and then hold to the fire the feet of the congressmen who ain't doing shit about it, congressmen and women who don't do shit about it, and then uh, report back in translated from government legalese to regular talk how to you know what the progress is and what's necessary and you know it's not like uh just because you put something in it comes out the other end you know these things i think are, are the lobbyists are designed to walk that shit through now that's one role i mean as i mentioned there are lobbyists who just see an anti-legislation coming at them for their industry or whatever it is and then they do all kinds of other stuff too. But I think for what we're talking about here, lobbyists are providing a service that it would take each of us individually efforting to monitor that. And then, you know, at best, a whole bunch of us monitor it and we all get together and decide uh, if we're all interpreting it the same way. But we're all going to have a different level of access than someone who's basically paid to sit there with it, monitor it, and do whatever they can do to make sure that it gets enacted or 
proceed. I do have an analogy to go along with what I mentioned earlier is, I guess if you look at uh, a patient going into an ER that, uh, and that the, both the nurses and the doctors are gonna perform a triage on the various things that are happening. Uh, and let's say in this example, the patient seems to be having signs of a heart, impending heart attack or he's having a heart attack. Uh, he also appears to be having a stroke and he has uh, a minor infection in his big toe. Uh, which of those issues need attention today right away? And I, and I think if that using that kind of very broad-based analogy, and of course, and where does the uh, Suppressor Act fall within the grand scale of things, again, uh, that kind of explains why, why does that toe get put to the side, and why are they dealing with the heart attack and the stroke first? Because that's going to kill the patient outright, and the toe won't even matter. I want to give them less credit and say that there's hundreds of them. They can do all of them at the same time. What I'm referring to, the, I'm saying that doctors and nurses are, are the people who have voting power, not their employees, not the lobbyists, the people that actually pull the levers. And because ultimately, they're the ones that matter in regards to either change or lack of change. Well, I'll just throw out there my position on that and that they are representatives of us. So if we're not going to bug them for a decision they make or don't make, then it's a lot to ask a representative to just be perfect for us. Absolutely. We have to occasionally remind them. Threaten and remind that we're aware. Mm -hmm. Well, that was, uh, what the heck was that thing called? Um, there's, some, there's some app that uh it was actually defined it was designed to uh what you do you you text it or whatever and it turns your text into a fax and sends it to like representatives or senators or whoever like your government peoples and it was designed to i think it's called like resist and the idea was like the people were you were supposed to use it to tell your people to uh you know resist anything trump tries to do and apparently some like pro 2a people have used it and now they're like oh my god this is like bad i saw that on the instagram so like bloomberg was complaining about it or something like i can't believe these people are wasting all these faxes or whatever it's like what the heck it's just i think that's cool because definitely sending them a hard copy of something is uh it shows more effort than just typing in an email and, yeah, uh, you know, waste their paper and ink, which is kind of funny. I just did a very quick uh, Google search on Resist app. And, yep, you're exactly right. Uh, it, it's out there, and it was set out there for the sole point of resisting Trump's agenda. Yet, uh, obviously, you know, clearly uh, 2A people have gotten a hold of it and, um, you know, sent other messages in right. support. And just, uh, if you do use it, a quick reminder, like, they'll know it came from your phone and you have to type in like your name and email address and stuff. So uh, like, don't be an idiot. You know, you can uh, maybe be somewhat respectful, even though you're calling them dumb or telling them to do something. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, don't be doing either something stupid or illegal. They're going to get a knock on your door. Trying to find what Instagram thing that was. I think I saw it the other day. Yeah. 
because I found it on uh, apkpure.com, uh, resist APK, uh, free download. Sure, that was an ABQ, because I'm sick of Albuquerque. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, Night Strike, I think, just posted this. Yeah, Night Strike posted a link on the uh, on the Gun Channel site. I will throw it over to uh, the YouTube as well. And it's from some garbage paper, I imagine. But uh, it talks about this senator something, something, vows to fight legislation that would ease restrictions on suppressors. And uh, it lets us know, quote, unquote, this lady who's a representative from New York. Uh, These deadly gun silencers pose a huge risk to our law, to our enforcement and our communities. And I will do everything I can to stop this ill thought out legislation that would allow more criminals to get their hands on these dangerous weapons. And then they go down a little ways and then they go. Federal law currently puts silencers in the same category as machine guns and grenades. Obtaining a silencer requires a nine-month approval process and $200 tax. And then the next thing is picture of Trump's kid shooting the uh, shotgun suppressor over at uh, Silencer Co. And it says, Donald Trump Jr. is among those who have backed the bill. So uh, I suggest in that maybe this is going to be a thing like uh, obviously they're going to try to explain anything they can so this lady obviously doesn't know anything because she suggests that that criminals can't suppress firearms right now and then uh, she says it's ill thought out uh, and that criminals would get their hands on these dangerous weapons so uh, I don't think she knows what she's talking about and uh, maybe using it as a platform where she gets to get a voice where normally she wouldn't and uh Maybe on the other side, they're looking at this as an because I'm I don't I'm not I mean I, we need to have these bills passed, but I'd rather see them passed and then go into gridlock because it's going to just be a ping pong game, right? As soon as they pass it, then they're going to fight it like if it's the worst thing that's ever happened with no justification, right. and then it could potentially be a big thing. So perhaps these people are thinking, oh, okay, great, you're going to throw this up there. Let's get it up there so that now we have this new thing, and maybe she's the new. Uh, Bloomberg's new chosen one, or maybe the chosen one for this effort. I don't know. New Feinstein. Yeah, a new Pelosi. So here's yeah. here's something I was as I was looking through that other thing. Um, it's from two A for CA, and basically, uh, you know, I think California has like restrict silencers no matter what, and uh, so it's a thing for. Uh, you know, Senate Bill 710 has something to do with silencers, but it, I just think it's kind of funny. If it, if it pleases the crown, might I alter my property to save mine ears? <laughs> they have a whole bunch of these, like, you know, if it pleases the crown type posts, I think are kind of funny. Like, you're asking permission, but that's basically what, can you alter your own property in order to make your ears better? Like, that it seems fine to me. I do want to touch base on the NFA uh, because there was a petition uh, that was signed and successfully um, over on the uh, petitions.whitehouse.gov and received uh, currently uh, 261,610 signatures and it only needed $100,000. 
excuse me, 100,000 signatures. <laughs> Freudian slip there. Uh, to get a response from the White House. Um, so, but when I was reading the details of this particular uh, transparency thing that I, I believe Obama administration brought this out there, I could be wrong, um, is that when I, is that there was no, there is no time frame that the White House has to respond to any of these petitions. Do they have to respond to them? Yes. Is there a time frame that they have to respond to them? No. And so I think that's important uh, to realize is, is, yes, we did get something out there successfully. Uh, they could respond today. They could respond in six months. They could respond two years from now. And they would still be uh, following the spirit of what they set up here. Um, and uh, because it does clearly state uh, that, you know, they will respond to it uh, after, after they review it in time. You know, it's not like it says, and we'll get to it within 30 days. No, it doesn't say that. Right, yeah, I, ju I just popped over there, and it does say something that, uh, what, you know, others can still sign the petitions while it's waiting a response. So, I don't know, I guess they'll go sign it if you feel like it. But then uh, what, when the White House responds, everyone who has signed the petition will get an email from the White House to let them know that we've reviewed and responded to the petition. Because I've always wondered about that. Like I, it's like, yeah, okay, great, we got a bunch of signatures and stuff, but what, you know, whatever happens to it. And so, I'm over on it right now, and I don't see anything that, um, you know, seems to say that it has a response or anything. Like, there's nothing on the White House website that has says anything about a response. Yeah, and there are others out there, uh, you know, that, are, you know, most of them tend to be anti, you know, Donald Trump uh, that have uh, gone over the 100,000 signature level as well. Um, some of them, I think, are in the process of being answered, as far as I can tell. And some of them are probably put on uh, the back burner for now. But as long as he huh. answers them, you know, before he leaves office, he's answered them. Well, hang on. That's, I'm looking at this thing. Hang on. I go back. It says... Get an official update from the White House within 60 days. So this ended if like what February something. Yeah. So sometime in the middle of a April, they'll at least give an update on. Uh, again, according to this this website. Right, and an update can be as simple as still pending review. Oh, that's true. But it, it's I'm just saying that at least. Yeah. Yep. It's it's better than than being on. It fell into a black hole. Sort of yeah. response. Ooh. Ooh, doo -doo. So where are we at on this? Have we put enough dirt on it? Well, I think that we're at risk. We've made a good effort at uh, getting together for the um, effort overall, and then specifically that signature thing like you're talking about on the White House thing. But it's an opportunity for us also to not lose interest or you know lose the momentum that is there, uh, it's an opportunity for people to champion this and to keep that that torch lit and uh, attention focused on it. Because really, if we allow them to mothball it or ignore it for the sake of the shutdown or freaking healthcare or the hell else they want to come up with as an excuse, we're never going to live in a time when the government says, all right, everything's perfect, so let's talk about these guns rationally. You know, it's going to be something that we have to multitask, that we have to do on top of whatever's there. And, uh, no, again, it's an opportunity for us to do it. And uh, 
uh, challenge because it's not something that anybody's going to profit from necessarily and the people that would profit from it are going to get scorned as having a bias or some kind of agenda of money and you know we all like being capitalists but we're gonna anyway so we've got a potential to uh, relax and let this thing crap out like things can have done in the past or can do when there's no attention we talked about lobbyists a bit we got to be the lobbyists right as a group we need to figure out how to get together and not hire somebody just put in the work the effort and uh, the persistence to be our own lobbyists for something like this big opportunity here so we talk about stuff in these segments of the show not we definitely don't sit down and, and research this stuff and give you some you know, here's the fine, here's the definitive point of view on this, or we don't sit down and try to say, you know, here's a prepared uh, statement, go out and spread the word. Uh, what we're trying to do is get the conversation started, realizing that we are all the people that need to change this shit. So we can all watch it really comfortably and uh, easily on the internet now. We can watch all this do nothing, or we can be part of the change. We can be part of the, um, the, the momentum that keeps this moving so that we learn from the Hearing Protection Act and we remove the hues and we learn from the this and the hues and we more effectively compete maybe against 4473s or if it's uh, uh, national reciprocity or something like that. Uh, we should be considering this the first of many challenges and I think our biggest challenge is apathy. Right now I know we're falling, this has fallen on some deaf ears in our own audience and uh, not that you're tasked with everyday tuning in with advocacy is your number one thing but again ask everybody ask yourself is this something you're sick of hearing about is it something that you're ready, ready to move on or are we willing to put in the work just like a long drive or a you know big job you know, there's some parts of it that are boring and you know you have to trudge through so that you can reap the benefits of the end and uh, if we're all rolling our eyes just talking about this then how do we expect us as a, a community firearms owners to accomplish way more than this. So nothing's going to be handed to us. We've been saying that, and we bring it up in topic, not to harp on it, but really to, to just that we all think about it in that way that nothing is going to just happen. None of this is on wheels and rolling downhill, so we get to just watch it. If anything, it's not on wheels, and it's up fucking hill, and we have to be pushing this shit, and it might be tough, and as a group of people are pushing together on something, it's easy while it's a big group for people to kind of drop off and, oh, I'm tired, or I broke my knee, or I've got an invalid excuse why I'm stopping this, but you guys keep going, or I'll be right back. But now we're at that point where there's so few people that we're literally not keeping the, the thing moving and literally risking it falling backwards. And, uh, you know, everybody's kind of either looking at each other or making that personal decision. Are we going to continue to push this fucking thing up this hill? Or are we going to just do the easy thing, go watch whatever the fuck's on TV tonight? So, uh, anyway, not bitching at the choir here, but hopefully uh, reminding everybody that this isn't just a topic of conversation. This is literally the only time we're going to have this set of circumstances in our country. And uh, we can choose to to succumb to what what's next, what's interesting, what the hell can I buy next, or we can figure out a way to rally the troops, which is really the goal of this show, is to talk to people who are creating and people that are watching people who create, not people who just regurgitate, and uh, get some of the best ideas of all those people, and use that to stoke the fires and the others, so that we become this furnace of change. All right, I'll quit preaching. <laughs> all right, uh, anyone else? 
Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think it's... You can't wait to get to the next segment of the show, that's for sure. I mean, as long as you signed your petition to make windbreakers uh, legal. Excuse me? I don't know. I'll just be guessing. We just, is it, could we just have a show before this show where you do the tactical pop quiz and that would be even earlier? We could start off the show with a tactical pop quiz. Well, I was thinking that, but then I'm thinking that's not early enough for Dano. We need to have like a pre-show where we just put the tactical pop quiz like an hour and a half before the show. I mean, we are 40 minutes into the show. I wouldn't exactly call this the beginning of the show. I don't look at it by time. I look at it by topic. They're barely... We don't even topic yet. Well, but to be fair, have... we used to always do it between the second and third topic. So mixing it up is, is kind of helpful. Anyway, it's time for the tactical pop quiz of the day. And uh, so those of you over on YouTube and those of you over on Gun Channels, move your cursor on down to the text box, limber up your fingers, and get ready to type. And those of you judging YouTube, uh, go actually look what the answer is because I didn't do that yet. Yes, I always check with my... Oh, 42. Okay, good. Yep, I got that. Yep. My assistant, have you seen the question? And more importantly, have you seen the answer? I have seen what you typed for an answer. Oh, boy, if that doesn't sound like a whole lot of not supporting me. But I appreciate it anyway. Uh, all right, I will keep an eye on the Gun Channel side. You keep an eye on the YouTube side. And the question is as follows. Really what was the first successful gun design? What was the first successful gun design of Eugene Stoner? Wait, I know that answer. What did you put down? Oh, that's a Dano answer. Okay. Yep. Yep. Oh, winner. Uh, angry. AR-5. That is correct. Uh, AR-5 survival rifle picked up by the United States Air Force. So congratulations, Angry. You are today's tactical pop quiz winner. And that makes you the tactical hot shot. Of the day. And congratulations, <laughs> Angry. And um, Smeggy, go get yourself some ice. <laughs> uh, sounds why, pretty why good. Do, why do I need ice? Well, you might have hurt yourself. I can't tell. Oh, No, I just was making up for not being able to do it yesterday. Okay. And just but, for uh, the record, uh, Colt over there on the YouTube, he got the right answer, but way, way behind. So yeah. I think that YouTube lag is is killing them. And um, all <laughs> you gotta do to take about care Thunder of it, is head on over. To, all you gotta do to take care of it is head on over to GunChannels.com and sign up. It's not like you know, gee, it costs a thousand dollars. No, it doesn't. So check it out. Uh, obviously, angry. You know, to join? Let, let me finish my little spiel here. Oh, sorry. Uh, angry, you know the deal. But he head on over to DailyGunShow.com/popquiz. Fill out the form, put your first, second, and third choice of the patch you might like to win, and congratulations. The Dano Spiel. Yeah. Well, I always like to put out certain pieces of information in every one, and putting out the the website address and, you know, th those sorts of little things are, they're important. Well, they are, and we appreciate the fact that you remember them, Dano. I mean, especially yes. with your memory, you must have them written down somewhere. 
And speaking of that, I want to ask everyone who's listening right now live to go ahead and just take you know five seconds and give this show a thumbs up uh, on the rating system. Uh, it, it helps us get more new people to be able to see our show and help this show rise uh, over on YouTube as far as the number of popularity in YouTube's algorithm of, of videos, or in this case, a podcast, that will be seen to others. So please give us a thumbs up. Right on. So then we'll dig into the good idea, the bad idea segment of the show. Uh, we'll take in the topic each week, and we uh, try to find one that's divisive amongst the group here and our audience, and then we uh, basically talk about the good and bad uh, concepts of it. But before we do, for between the first and second segment of the show every day, we like to take a break and focus on one of the feature, one of the members over at Gun Channels. Uh, Gun Channels is a place we built a while back. It's a community. It's focused on firearms. It is not, or Cape Dave is not banned from there. So uh, it's uh, basically a social media platform. We built it whenever Gun Channel or whenever YouTube uh, had basically changed the way they were going to be dealing with comments and communication between YouTube you know, members or you know people that use the YouTube. And uh, they were really trying to push people over to Google Plus, I think, to compete with Facebook. And uh, nobody liked that. We had had our we had grown accustomed to the way that we were communicating and, and creating videos and replying to each other with them. And uh, the the, the uh, social portion of what YouTube was was being changed. So I think that was like 2013, end of 2013 or 14 or something. And uh, a couple of us got together and looked at the various options that were available. We bought some software that's used to host community places online and then uh, bought it, put it together, and focused it on firearms. And now we've got thousands of members, probably hundreds that are uh, you know, regular frequent members or frequent uh, uh, users, and then maybe dozens that uh, use the site, the place all the time. So it's really become uh, a lot like a, uh, maybe a gun shop or hanging out at the range uh, between you know uh, shooting sessions, uh, hanging out at a gun show. Uh, something like that. It's like a place where people can hang out. Maybe it's a little bit like a bar where you know some people are regulars and others show up. You know, yeah, it's a kitchen table. Special day. Huh? Like a kitchen table after a good weekend of shooting. You all get together, have a few beers afterwards. Exactly. So sometimes, I mean, it's usually focused on firearms, but the conversation will waver from different topics. But anyway, uh, uh, with that in mind, we like to remind people about gun channels. It is uh, something that... Uh, where we all met each other, and uh, one of the reasons we do the show is to help promote the concept of people getting together, and uh, we focus on, a, or we feature a member every day, somebody who exemplifies what uh, it's, it is to be a Gun Channels member, and today, somehow, Smeggy got on the list, so today we're featuring Smeggy, which right. is uh, one of the reasons we built the place, Smeggy does all kinds of stuff, he's in here right now, uh, he does his own show, hit or miss Saturday night, or wait, Tuesday nights, 9 p.m., Keep forgetting if it's Tuesday or Saturday. Um, joins in on the live chats whenever we have them. I mean, crap, you probably met more people in real life on gun channels than anybody else. Uh, although Bob is planning on terrorizing the country, trying to outdo you this year. Um, yeah, that's okay. I'll, I'll, I should get quite a few at NRA show because it seems like there's going to be more this year than there were in the past. What the heck? What happened to my thing? Bob has the opportunity 
and all the time in the world to go to NRA, but when I asked him if he was going to NRA, he said, screw your NRA. <laughs> no, I said, screw Georgia in the summer. <laughs> so you'll just stay in Arizona. That sounds smart. Well, this ain't about no, Bob. No, I'm going to the Texas. Yeah, it's about Smeggy. What the heck? Gonna, we don't want to hear about Bob, stupid Bob. I'm going to go see Matt at the tit, tit end of Texas. Okay, so... Uh, uh, anyhow, with that uh, said, uh, like I said, we try to feature one of the members over at Gun Channels, and Smeg is definitely the uh, prototype member and somebody who participates. They also, you're, you you watch a lot of stuff too, so uh, you're there for the other people that are participating and creating their thing. And uh, I don't know how you do it, but you're pretty much always positive. So thanks for being an ideal member yeah. of the place. Let me get my little two cents in there since we're having a smeggy roast. We're having a smeggy roast. Um, is uh, it, one thing I do have to say that that makes you uh, at least when I first uh, came in contact with you via gun channels is that you're you're amazingly uh, easy to get along with, which a lot of us over on gun channels tend to be very strong in our opinions. Um, me included, our uh, and um, you're you're very easy to get along with, um, and that uh, uh, not totally unique, but uh, very uh, flexible and uh, enjoyable to be with. So it's nice to have you here. Oh, I'm blushing. Thanks. I, I I just want to throw out there for people that are wondering, like, what the heck? How come he's in all the chats and all this stuff? I just started joining the lobby, you know, and you just started talking with people. Next thing you know, you know, you get that little rapport with everyone. You start getting invited to, you know, like Matt's show or, you know, on a G webs things like the AK uh, guru podcast and things like that. So I look at, I don't have a lot of friends in real life that are into guns. I have like two that know guns. One guy knows quite a bit. The other one, he, he likes shooting, but he doesn't know a lot about them. So it's always like me teaching him stuff. So it's nice to come on gun channels and talk to people who know more than me. And then I learn a bunch more. So I'll just use this time to plug gun channels again. Even if you're only kind of into guns or whatever, like check it out and you'll learn some stuff. Yeah. yeah this plus is it's, not, it's, it's a real, it's a really nice, friendly atmosphere there. We do have, but, um, you know, by the next day, we've either forgiven each other or forgotten about it, one or the other. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, let's get the good idea, bad idea, and let's fight each other. <laughs> well, I'm thinking that it's not going to be fun because I think we're probably, unless I'm wrong, we're all either indifferent or pro MacGyver. Our anti MacGyver person isn't here right now. So I'm thinking let's save this one until we get some actual debate. Unless oh, you get, yeah. yeah, he should be here shortly. Do we? Yeah, do we want yeah. to just wait a little bit? Yeah. I, I want to fight. That's with a good idea that we rearrange this for for the purposes of today. So yes. then, uh, well, we have to because we got to do Texas when Dan was here, and he's just got a few minutes. So uh, let's go unprecedented. We're gonna go out of order and not <laughs> thing rigidly in, in line with. Yes, because we're always such sticklers for scheduling and time. I know we're going to lose viewers over this. <laughs> we're going to say that we're going to go to the gun advocacy section. And specifically this week, we're going to talk about Texas. Wait, is that true? Yeah, I thought we were talking yeah. about next week for Matt. So we had asked a couple of people if they had um, time to join us today. I know we changed our schedule around, so we're kind of in a time when some people are commuting. 
but uh, we do have some members from Texas. So if you're out there and you'd like to participate, um, we're trying to, uh, uh, again, just touch on these things. It's not like we're authorian, authoritarian, whatever the word is, experts on this stuff. Uh, we are just trying to keep the conversation going. Like I mentioned before, um, uh, it's up to us. Nobody's going to do this stuff for us. So with that in mind, Dan will prepared some stuff about Texas. And if somebody's out there who knows about Texas or lives there or something, uh, let us know. Maybe jump in. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Uh, my role, if you've listened to, we've done this before, is I kind of do a state of the state of affairs of each state and kind of give a summary of, of where they are at this point. Uh, and then after I do my thing, then someone else or will collectively kind of talk about new things that may possibly be going on. So Texas, uh, where are they right now? Uh, they, uh, there is no state required permit to buy pistols or long guns. There is no registration. There is no licensing of owners, such as in my state, like a FOIA card. There are currently no assault weapons bans. There's no magazine limits at this time. Um, there is a license for pistol carry only, not for long guns. Uh, it is legal to open carry both pistol and long guns. They do have pistol, uh, excuse me, campus carry for pistol only at universities. And starting uh, at the, uh, I believe it's September of this year, is they will also have that at their two-year colleges, what in my area we call them junior colleges. But that will, they'll also have campus carry uh, at those institutions. Um, there's also no restriction on NFA items. They have peaceable journey laws, so that means if you're traveling through their state, uh, you should ha not have any problems. Uh, unlike, again, if you happen to travel through Illinois, you may want to do some checks. Uh, they have no background checks for private sales, which is great. Uh, they do have uh, some good ca uh, castle doctrine laws. And lastly, they do have state preemption, so cities cannot make more strict or ammunition type laws. So uh, that is the state of the state of Texas. Well, and just something on the, the open carry thing, though, that uh, I believe you do have to have like a carry license in order to open carry. So originally the carry license was for concealed carry. And then if you have that, you're then allowed to open carry. And, and, and I should have started off with, uh, and the information I, I have here may, you know, unknown to my knowledge, may have slightly changed uh, or not necessarily be 100% correct, but that is to my best of my understanding. And that's why we always try to look for somebody who might be from the state that we're covering so that they can, you know, find those errors or omissions as well as bring up, us up to speed on some of the current things that are happening. Yeah, it's it sounded pretty accurate to to my knowledge. I just wanted to to clarify that as far as the open carry thing, because there are some states where, you know, open carry means like anyone can do it. You don't need a permit to do it. So, yeah, and that's constitutional carry. Uh, not necessarily, because constitutional carry normally refers to carrying concealed without a permit. Well, it depends on how. They interpret constitutional. Well, I know. I'm just saying because you know. no, it doesn't. It's no, doesn't. There's. I've never heard constitutional carry con considered open. You know, open carry considered constitutional carry. I'm pretty sure constitutional carry means the concealed carry by the Second Amendment. But that's what I've always heard it as. Okay, but I don't know if there is a definition though, and maybe it's just so the way we're all used to hearing it or it being used. 
Right, and and that's exactly that. That could be it. Is that that's just the uh, you know the the common Tony, who's also from Illinois on the YouTube side, is saying that constitutional carry is carry a gun, any gun. So maybe that's something in Illinois that they're exposed to differently. <laughs> I do not know. Um, so is uh, anyone? Uh, either out in our text chat or here on the panel, aware of any uh, current either uh, good things or not so good things happening in regards to Texas? Say, I, I found one that's going on right now. Um, and it's, it's one of those, it's pro, it's pro rights or pro gun, but it's not a game changer. Uh, <clears throat> it is Senate bill 16 and basically it related to the removal of the fee for uh, the original duplicate modified a renewal license to carry a handgun. So I think I, I, in the article I read, it said something like the carry permit, it's like 150 bucks or something. And they're basically trying to either get rid of that completely or make it a lot cheaper. So that, that was about the only thing I saw for this, this session so far that's been introduced. Now, uh, has, has that been assigned to a committee? Uh, yeah, it's, it's – crap, I just closed the thing. Why did I do that? That was dumb. Yeah, it's, it's in committee right now. Um, I'll be able to pull it back up whether, rather quickly if I go to everysecondmatters.com and go to the state issues and click on Texas. Zeke, you were recently in Texas. Did you take advantage of your – opportunity to carry around stuff say what you were recently visiting texas yes the opportunity to carry around stuff because you're uh either. well i didn't have a it's either what a concealed weapons license or the other thing that it changed to license to carry and i so i had neither so i did not opt to Tempt fate, and you can't just. And they couldn't at least you can't. for for fear of permanent trouble. Okay. I'm sorry, G. What? I was wondering if open carry was a thing when you were there or not. But it's open it, carry with a license, so you have to have a. Texas yeah, you still have to have. Yep. Boom. Yeah, it's not like real open carry. Yeah. It's open if you have a concealed carry permit. So kind of weird. Well, no, it is open carry. It's not like where it's permitless carry, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, we get, we get so confused on the things. If you're permitted to carry concealed, you can choose to carry it open. You can't just choose to carry it open unless you got that permit. I think that's what I That's saying. what I right. thought. Yeah, it's like in contrast to Michigan where anybody can open carry and then you need a permit to conceal carry. Which almost makes more sense. I think. Uh, no, but, uh, I, just... I don't think there should be anything. I think if you're you own a gun, you don't have a record, you can legally own a gun. You should be able to legally carry it. Well, yeah, just just go back to the Texas thing. I pulled the okay the tracking back up, and uh, yeah, it was referred to the state affairs on January twenty fourth, and then since then, I don't know, a bunch of people co-authored it. And then it is scheduled for a public hearing on 320. 
So that's coming up. Well, I next, mean, next Monday, as a matter of fact, is that it's scheduled to come up. Sometimes these things will, will get sent to a committee and they're never scheduled. And that's where they go to die. So the fact that it's been scheduled is a good thing. Right. But even so, it's just a public hearing, though. So that just means people come in and say, like, oh, no, we should have money because it's good. And then other people come in and be like, oh, it shall not be infringed. We're not giving but, you any money. And, yeah, but uh, everything that is eventually passed has to go through that sort of process. When we feature states like this, does, do we have to just congratulate states no matter what, or can we hold their feet to the fire? It goes both ways. I wonder, and just off the top of my head, we give scorn to the 7 million gun owners or perceived, whatever, the estimated 7 million gun owners of California for the lack of action uh, to defend against some of the onslaught of shit that comes on their way. But uh, when do we ever look at the Texas gun owners who really go around taking credit for being super gun advocates and pro-Second Amendment and all that, yet they got stupid crap like this? Why aren't they leading the way? Why aren't they Vermont? Why aren't they ahead of Arizona as far as getting constitutional carry? Why are they? Why are we still farting around in a state like Texas, right? Got to assume the gun owner percentile percentage or whatever is pretty high um, dealing with goofy perception stuff like open carry and so wait a minute are we saying that they did a good job for the most part but you know what you just didn't do good enough you just didn't do enough well, what is that what we're do? saying no because i didn't i'm not ever said good job i'm saying you're talking okay but then what are you know are you really leading the way or are you just hanging out in the middle of the pack which is where i think they're at yeah, well, definitely the fact that they just got open carry last year. That's, uh, yeah, that, that is, for one, it was kind of surprising when I heard, like, Texas might get open carry. I'm like, they don't already have that? I thought everyone talks about, like, oh, it's Texas. Everyone has guns. It's like, well, they don't even have open carry. That's something we've had the entire time, and we're in the middle of the pack. Honoree makes an excellent point because Austin is a blue capital in a predominantly red state. Yeah, but that capital, it, 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 that might be blue, but the rest of the state is red with the districts or whatever. So when they send their people to Austin, they should be there to to fight for you know, the rights that the people want. I'm not here to pick on Texas. Well, well built the on population, but right? I live in a state with a, with, a, with a city that dominates us. We have more than half the population, I think, of the state, or pretty close to half the population of the state, if not more, in the one county in the one city and then uh they're super Tucson is the most dangerous town in the entire state of arizona doesn't matter tucson is insignificant i'm talking about phoenix which is a oh. blue or whatever the hell democrat in a state of republicans so obviously we have different ratios or whatnot but uh all i'm saying is you don't get to say texas doesn't get to say oh well our one city is uh democrat or leftist and uh that changes the country the, st the state i'm saying Again, do we give them a free ride just because they're well, Texas? Well, when it's Austin, Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio, you kind of do because the population outweighs the rest of the space. Well, I just said that happens here in Arizona, too. Now, New Mexico's... No, you said one city. I just named three more. Well, okay. But anyway. Illinois. I mean, again, I'm just saying. I'm just going to get... Yeah, Texas Illinois is pretty much Chicago. 
Yep. Yeah. You're. You know. You're right. Z. The whole state of Texas gets pushed around by a handful of cities. Exactly. By by the, the mo- by their largest population centers. And I hate to say it, it's the way California is with L.A., San Diego, San Francisco, and Sacramento. They're the state's largest population centers, and basically, there's enough people, like in the millions that whether it's popular vote for your state senators and state representatives that gets you screwed in the state Congress, or uh, it almost can make you feel like if you lived like in Fresno or something like that, or, or Redding or Truckee or something like that, where, dude, my vote so doesn't even begin to count. So I know that there's some people that almost feel that way in Texas, unfortunately. Broom says on the YouTube side, I've heard of anti-gun people say even Texas has such and such requirements, like they're a benchmark of pro-gunness. So again, Texas, I mean, it's one thing if you're a state where you're getting your gas kicked like Illinois, California, I don't know, it's kind of unique again because of what it is, but uh, lots of states get their asses kicked by a big city. Uh, Texas, I'm saying, how come they're, you know, they're the ones that, number one, they'll put it on their shoulder, you know, we're and we're Texans and Republic of Texas and whatnot. So they've got a tradition, a history, a rich history of being independent and leading the way. So all I'm saying is I'm not going to get, I'm not Texan. So, I mean, I lived there for a little while, but I'm not Texan. So I don't have any allegiance to the Republic of Texas or nothing. Uh, so I'm not giving them a free ride is all I'm saying. We're here to talk about the state, not just rah, 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 Texas can't do anything wrong. I think it's ridiculous that for a long time, their permit, from what I understood when I first got my Arizona permit, and in a class, you'll a lot of times compare uh, with other states, especially when they're states you might travel to, like ours. You know, a lot of people do travel to Texas from here. So they brought it up that, uh, from what I remember back in those, like, whatever that was, 10 years ago or something, that if you had a concealed carry permit in Texas, it was either revolver or pistol. That seems weird to me. So I guess I'm just saying that we're not here to just cheer them on. I mean, they did do Well, and Texas had a qualifier as well. You have, you have to qualify. But I, I did want to, if, you, if you, I don't know if you can all see my screen uh, that I'm sharing, but I wanted to pull up a map and I had to quickly find it. This is from uh, November 2016 of Texas uh, counties by Democrat versus Republican. Uh, and if you look at the map, and I don't, sh- the, the labels may not be clear, but, um, you know, landmass wise, yes, it's surely, you know, the vast majority is Republican. But as far as the larger cities are vast majority uh, Democrat Democrats. I mean, it's not just um, Austin. It's San Antonio. It's uh, D- uh, Dallas. It's Houston. It's Fort Worth. It's uh, uh, Laredo. Um, it's El Paso. I mean, I mean, there's a number of other cities uh, that that have a good chunk of population that are Democratic. It's just not all one city. Where in Illinois, it's all in one corner. So I, I and, and what I wonder. Uh, all right, is, all right, all right. Enough of this in the side chat here, or whatever. I ain't scared of nothing in all this. When did we start to be working together? And yet somebody or something is weird today, and I don't know what it is. I'm not sure what what you're talking about. No, somebody threatened to, to buy out Arizona because we had to be careful what we're saying. So I just I defended myself against a Texan, and now I'm getting scorned for defending myself against a Texan. Well, now wait a minute. Was that from somebody in Texas? 
careful what you say about Texas. Wheel, implying possession, send our peoples and buy Arizona. And I said, um, I need to know Tejas. So I'm just which is fair. Which is fair. I missed the first statement. So, yes, G, I got your back. Sorry about I that. I was looking at it more as part of a historical thing as far as how did Texas get to the way that it currently is. And that I just didn't want all the land to go towards one city. I, I, have a, I have a theory on that. It's it's what I always say about Arizona. It ain't windy here. New Mexico su- or New Mexico blows and te- California sucks. And it's that yes. people who are going across Arizona. They don't like it here. Then they go to New Mexico. Nobody likes it there. And they end up in Texas, which people do like. And they go, oh, yeah, let's hang out here. And then spread their filthy and disease. And they tend to stay in, in metropolitan areas. Well, I was going to say, Texas ended up being like Texas, the way it is now. It's gotten to this point is because at some point, Texans straight up just didn't give a shit what you thought. Whoever the fuck you are. No offense to anybody listening right now. And that's something that they've definitely been holding on to for a long time. Is like, you can tell me what you want to tell me. That ain't going to make me do it. Until I've met, met a lot of people in Texas that still believe in that. And that's fine to believe that until there's enough people on the other side with the power of the vote to make you change. Now, G-Webs, it's been a while since I heard the one uh, that you used about the sucking and blowing, but I've definitely heard that before, and it cracks me up every time. And much the same way that you're saying drive right on through, that's fine. I know that there are some people over in Texas that feel the same way. I know it's terrible here. You wouldn't like it. You shouldn't. Nobody should move to Texas unless they're willing to pull themselves up out of the bootstraps and work. Because yeah, you you got that right, dude. Because it's all about hard work, in in my opinion. Um, but like Dallas, like cities, where are they going to go to this the country in Texas? Come on, yeah, they, they ain't gonna make it. They ain't gonna make it, bro. And, and and that map that I had kind of illustrates exactly that. I mean, those cities are spread out all over Texas. The blue dot here, the blue dot there, the blue dot everywhere sort of a thing. I don't know. When I interpreted that map, I seen it pretty damn uh, proportional or relational to the international border with Texas. It seemed like every little bit of blue, the majority of all the blue, was on the international border with Mexico. Well, as far as number of counties, you're absolutely correct. But if if Dano throws that back up, you'll see that the population centers... uh, what he had is like literally you're talking millions of people in one spot millions of people in another spot millions of people or a million people in another spot and then in addition to like those three or four that you're talking about then you have what you're talking about g where the basically the the border has become littered with oh uh yes i'm gonna vote for a democrat because they talked about getting me free health care and on welfare or they're talking about this or they're talking about that so they okay. get them kind of right as they cross the border. You all see the map again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I he's mean, right. He is right. That That's a, the majority. That's more than half of the border. That's like two-thirds or three-quarters yeah. even. But, you know, but, but most of the population is north of that. Yeah. Well, again, the majority of the population is in Houston, Dallas, Austin, and San Antonio. Those are the pretty much the major population centers. Yeah. And they're all clearly democratically controlled. Is Hold on. So if we're looking at Dano's thing, that's Dallas, Fort Wayne and Dallas are the same? Yeah. Fort Worth, yes. 
Fort Worth yeah. to Dallas. Okay, I thought it was over in the middle more. So there's nothing in the middle of Texas like a city. Well, there are. There's tons of towns. Yeah, well, I mean, but uh, Amarillo is clearly uh, Republican. Right. I mean, that's in the top. That isn't a big town, man. That's just there because they needed gas stations. No, and that's kind of the deal is there are no really large ones like west of Austin. I mean, not big. Not big, no. big. I mean, how big is like Laredo? And what's the other one that's on the border that's like Laredo? El Paso? El, yeah. yeah like, how big are either one of those? El Paso is not big. El Paso's, I think, way smaller than Texas, unless you count Mexico side. Yeah. A number of those cities, uh, are, are they're well known because of their geographical position. That's why they are there. And that's because a lot of the people ha had to get from point A to point B. And that was the most logical place to go. Uh, and like you said, Amarillo, why? Because they needed to put something up there because it was too isolated. No, well, no, there's towns all there's, and that's the thing. This map isn't like literally showing all the towns of Texas because there's a bazillion towns in Texas. But some of them, like you said, G, they might literally be that in one intersection where the one highway meets with the one county road and the town built up around it from whether it was from oil, from rail, from cattle, from, you know, whatever through time. You know, it was on a pathway to somewhere. Okay, so Pondery's out there telling us El Paso is like 675K, which I think is maybe 100,000 more than a, a Tucson. Wait, how many is it? Six seventy-five, and you guys got what, like five sixty or something? Oh, I don't know. That might. Be. And uh, Mr. Pondering, I think, I think it's. Like, I don't know. Population. I just go on by driving through it. Like it seems like it. Like it I got you. Well, and that's the other thing that I learned about going from where I was from in like the UP to uh, down to more populated areas and stuff like that was urban sprawl, like sprawl. Uh, when I drove to Arizona when I was like sixteen or seventeen, that was the first time. I kind of realized you could drive through three towns and they were all part of the same town. They had just been annexed kind of a thing. And the same thing when I was in Texas, like, oh, yeah, no, this is Clear Lake. Well, no, I mean, yes, it's Clear Lake, but no, that's part of Houston. Oh, this is this. No, I mean, yes, but it's really part yeah. of, you know, yeah. that. If you're going to draw, if you're going to take a town or a city or whatever and then draw a bunch of lines in it indiscriminately and act like those are different towns, they don't get to do that. They only get to do that if you're a local. Everybody else gets to acknowledge it as just being like Dallas or just being. Well, I mean, for example, for example, it's uh, like three hours to get from ish from like Houston to Austin. But there's towns, you know, almost the whole way. There's a few breaks here and there where there's nothing. But, I mean, from what I remember, going from San Antonio to Houston is like that. I mean, dude, yeah, dude. and see, that's so that's what I'm saying. It's like they're not part of, in like you saw on Dano's map. Like they're all different count in different counties and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so it's not like they're all attached. But I think we I feel like we should move on. We're gonna lose Dano here at some True. point. And I feel like Texas is hogging too much of our show. So they already hogged too much of our real estate. Let's not let them. It, it is the biggest in the 48, so it deserves a little bit of time. Uh, yeah, they, it is, it is a big Alaska? state. I think Alaska spreads out more, but is. But well, that's I, not in the 48, though, either. Right. Alaska is bigger than, than Texas, but. Yeah. No, I'm saying, is it really? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Alaska is not well represented on the map compared to how big it really is. 
Yeah, yeah it's, it's humongous. Like it's it's almost as big as one of our territories up in Canada. Uh, Bob, it's and never mind. I'm not getting into geography. I'm not that's, talking problems. That's all right. I'm talking territories. Yeah, but if you just Google superimpose Alaska over, you know, contiguous 48, uh, it's it's amazing. Huge, huge, huge. All right, I need to make some donuts. All right, so a couple of glazed and some jelly filled. Uh, we saved, what are we on to? We saved the good idea, bad idea, because we were all promoting. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm thinking let's move into the second segment of the show today. Good idea versus bad idea. So basically back when Bob and I started doing this show over a year ago, uh, we would uh, handcuff our one wrist together, and then we would knife fight over various ideas, and then the last person standing won. And uh, now we've tamed it down a bit, and we got these guys in here. But uh, today's good idea, bad idea is MacGyver. Now, what what exactly do you mean by that? Good idea, bad idea, MacGyver. Let's start with the Canadian, because you know MacGyver's Canadian. So let's get the Canadian viewpoint on right, MacGyver. I think, I think it's a great idea. I mean, uh, are we talking? What's the a idea great idea? That's what I'm thinking. Things, are we talking the show? The fact that he exists, or what? <laughs> I mean, I like the whole concept of being able to build stuff out of nothing. I do it myself all the time. Um, it's part of being self-reliant. You know, now if you're talking about the show and the fact, oh, I don't like guns. Well, he had a reason for that. It was explained in the show. He did use them. Uh, I think there was a couple of episodes where he actually used a firearm. Uh, but he was always able to, well, most times he was in a situation where he wouldn't have had one even if he'd had one to start with. Somebody would have taken it from him. Um, so, yeah, I didn't have a problem with it. People cannot like guns for their own reasons. I don't have a problem with somebody not liking guns. I have a problem when they want to take mine away because I happen to like them. And he was never like that. He never. Uh, never you didn't watch all of MacGyver then. Don't don't be well, saying that because he definitely him. I, and... Yeah, maybe I maybe I didn't see those episodes or maybe I just glossed them over in my mind because I think Richard Dean Anderson's a great actor. He did great in uh, in Stargate, the TV series. Hey, I like the guy. So uh, I'm going to give him two thumbs up. I like. I think it's a great idea. Except it's a good idea, bad idea. So you're wasting your time with your thumbs, and now Z's about to cut you. Only if Beat It is playing in the background during the Eddie Van Halen solo. So we're talking about a TV show uh, from 1985 to 1992. Um, now there's like all everything. Some suck ass version of it that they're making new but uh back in the day it was this guy who I'm trying to look for the the secret agent angus mciver uh who works as a troubleshooter for a fictional phoenix foundation and i was looking for what is uh okay it says mciver served in the u.s army as a bomb team eod technician during the vietnam war Resourceful and possessing an encyclopedic knowledge of the physical sciences, he solves complex problems by making things out of ordinary objects. Along with his ever-present Swiss Army knife, he favors nonviolent resolutions and prefers to not handle a gun. But, no, he gets all preachy about, like, how guns are bad and how... It's not the actions of the individual or the decisions they make. It's really just this inanimate object being in their presence that's really the problem. And if we remove this inanimate object, then somehow everyone's, you know, going to have a different life or something. 
that part of it was a little bit annoying. Um, but I got the uh, the uh, improvisational aspect of it. it was pretty good. Am I losing the internet? I'll refresh. Now, if he ever would have used a gun. Oh, wait. No, no, no. I'm saving it. Never mind. Are you back? Are you back? Yep. Can you hear me now? Did I get lost? All right. Yet? Do you think? Oh, yeah. You dropped out for a second. So I wanted to wait till you came back. Now, I like MacGyver just fine, but I got a couple of problems. Do you think that if he would have ever utilized a firearm a little more often, he might not have been in so many tight scrapes and places where it's going to be the end of the entire world if I didn't have a stick of gum, a paper clip, and this strike anywhere match? So I think that some of the levels of his Mr. Wizard stuff was a little ridiculous. I think that um, his purpose of being anti-gun, I think, caused him a little more trouble than, you know, again, I don't want to say unrealistic because really we're talking about a TV show in the 80s even. So, but uh, let's not dismiss it as just a TV show since it's one of the best. Okay, it, no, it's very popular, uh, and I understand there are millions of, our, of people that love that. MacGyver. They love that mullet. I'm just saying, MacGyver never wore body armor, so he should be happy that the only ever people that were shooting at him were former G.I. Joe Cobra soldiers and the bad guys from the A-Team. Because <laughs> Richard Dean Anderson wouldn't have ever taken a bullet very well, even though I think he did get shot in the arm or the leg like once or yeah. maybe twice through the show. You know, I, I have to bring up the point like where you're talking about the unrealistic science of it. Yes, yeah, some of it was pretty ridiculous, but they did... Uh, the Mythbusters actually did try recreate some of his solutions under controlled circumstances. Well, yeah, but we're talking about a TV show, so the whole fact that what he was talking about doing would, in fact, work. Um, I, I thought that was a great part of it. I mean, it was Bob's blinded by the mullet. It's that Canadian that pride. He's weeping I... maple syrup right now. Now here's yeah, the deal. I've said all mullet. of that, D I, I don't really mullet. have a pro Yeah, you're probably still wearing a mullet. But anyway, um, like I said, G, all that being said, I don't think that MacGyver was a bad idea. I just had issues with MacGyver about the anti-gun, the sometimes, oh, anything can be solved with some uh, packet of salt, some malt vinegar, and a butane lighter, which actually I think there are some things that can be solved with that, but that's beside the point. Well, that's so a, I'm going to say MacGyver, good idea. Oh snap! As a TV show, not as like practical life role model, because again, I feel that he had the stormtroopers shooting at him, dude. He never, you know what I'm saying? Like he put well, himself in many just, positions. If, if let's just look at this look realistically, then, because this is getting into uh, uh, you're you're missing some points, I think. So, um, uh, if if every time a bullet was, a gun was fired and a bullet was projected, someone died, then wars would be drastically different. In fact, I agree with you. Ton of money on ordnance that we miss with, right? So. 
the idea, the concept that a whole bunch of people shooting at one guy who's running uh, doesn't does isn't have never been able to hit him though. Never. If your job is to do something dangerous like eat fire or drive a motorcycle inside of one of them ball cages, most people are going to walk up and fall off the. You know what I'm talking about, where you drive that motorcycle inside of the cage ball thing. You know, seems real dangerous or whatever. Um, I'm sure most people are going to try it, are going to fall and hurt themselves. People that do that for a living do it all day and night, and don't even think about it. There's, they don't, their heart level doesn't even go up. You know, they, they do the, the flying trapeze or something. You know, they do that all day long, and it seems real strenuous or crazy. But when you do it, as a matter of fact, you, and, and I think there's that level to it. So if somebody who is calm and collected and is running in front of gunfire often, it's probably not bulletproof, but probably not going to trip themselves up and is going to understand that there's pretty low chance that somebody spraying an M16 at them without that much enthusiasm isn't always going to hit them. So uh, you probably get used to that, and you probably even, MacGyver was a bit of a um, showboat, so he would have probably even risked a little bit. So I'm not saying he's bulletproof, but I'm saying that it's not unrealistic for somebody to be running out in front of stuff. I mean, did Indiana Jones not run in front of a bunch of guns? Do we say that he only fought stormtroopers? Did uh, anybody? We will not disparage Indiana Jones by comparing him to MacGyver, please. I'm about to bring in, bring in other things. So let's talk about Yoda, and let's talk about what you take into the tree with you. So that concept of not bringing over... All right, Smoke Dog. Yoda isn't even a human being. He's a Jedi Master that was over 900 years old. So that totally does not count. Jedi philosophy of you bring with you what you need and what can you... It doesn't stop you from getting shot, though, bro. It's a it's a philosophy, and if you watch MacGyver as a treatise on how to like choreograph a run to miss bullets, I think you're missing the point that it's supposed to be. Let's get in and let's let's figure out a way to fix this, and let's not waste a bunch of time thinking about how the perfect way to do it and supplying ourselves with a bunch of stuff, and then find out that we're. Uh, preempted because uh, the, what we thought was going to happen didn't happen. Instead, let's go into it and be creative and be open-minded and let's solve a problem and not be caught up on how we solve the problem. Let's just continue on. And I think that philosophy is what MacGyver is. It's not the, you know, oh, well, can you really weld that long of a weld with a single penny? Yeah, you can weld with a penny, but you're not going to get a nice freaking bead going down two pieces of metal necessarily with just one penny. So, I mean, you could get all caught up in the technical or you could take it for the philosophy. And that's where I guess I was going to, again, not defend the principle of being anti-gun, which I think he took, well, I acknowledge he took to an extreme. But the concept that you don't need a gun and you can solve problems without force, that's, uh, I, there's probably some way to describe that. It's like saying. Now, that concept I won't argue with. Solving problems without force. That concept I will agree with. So I'll agree that he, I'll acknowledge that he takes it to too strong an anti-gun. But I think overall in the culture, MacGyvering something is something everyone knows. And I think overall, he's, the show is iconic. And that guy was able, obviously he didn't do it intentionally, he fell into it, you know, just you know, trends and fads and whatever at the time, it worked out for him. But what he created, uh, or what he, ampl- what he reinforced was the American self reliance, the ability to get something done because we have a greater 
understanding of the real situation and we don't get caught up on the little stuff and overall we're good people we don't if we only can do you know if we can only bring with us certain things our weapons don't have to be one of them we're not a a warlike person like Klingons or something so I thought that or I think that uh, MacGyver brought that to the culture hey that even Luke lost a hand dude and then I'm stealing that from the guy in the chat Let's just say there wouldn't be a Nazi MacGyver. There wouldn't be a Stalinist MacGyver. They don't. They don't value the individual solving problems. They definitely don't value someone solving problems without force. And I think. Oh, and he also the same guy makes a point of blowing stuff up is not force. What? Because well, if you think about it, he did blow. He did blow a lot of stuff up. <laughs> well, he did blow some people up, I guess. But he would blow things up as a diversion or in order to then run away over here. Or to make something move, like get you know, clear a tunnel. He wasn't out there to improvise munitions against others. He was out there to use what's at hand to effectively get you know whatever task accomplished. Well, and that's the thing I was thinking of earlier is that half of the solutions he came up with were like part of the plot before the bad guy showed up. So, like, it doesn't matter if he's pro-gun or anti-gun on that. Like, the idea, like you said, you can, you know, weld with a nickel to fix a pump when you're down in the freaking Amazon or whatever. That was just an irrigation water pump. That had nothing to do with the bad guy showing up yet. He just was showing you can fix, like, you don't need to wait for, you know, the get the pump shipped in, wait three weeks or a month or whatever. Like, you can just fix it right now. And he did all sorts of that kind of stuff. And his little Swiss Army knife was super useful for all sorts of things. And so I'm going to weigh in, being as someone who, uh, you know, walked out to MacGyver's theme song at my wedding, that I am pro-good idea MacGyver. And that is just the entire mindset. And if you can take this entire mindset of you just fix the crap with whatever you have possible, and you mix that with then being pro-firearm, now you're unstoppable. Because when you do need to use force, you know, you you got that aspect of it to, you know, get away from a bad guy who's actively trying to kill you. But when you're just working around the house or your car breaks down or, you know, something else happens that doesn't involve needing to shoot at someone, you can just use MacGyver techniques and you're good to go. Or you get shot because it's the real world. Ah, oh, here we go again. Uh, okay, Listen, so next time my car breaks down, I'm going to get shot. You didn't hear what I'm saying. I'm saying... I do. If, I hear you. Because, okay, you can use MacGyver for the part that MacGyver is needed. If someone pulls a gun on me, then fuck yeah, I'm going to pull out my carry gun, and I'm going to use that aspect of it. I'm not going to, you know, throw a flashbang at him or something, or, you know, mix, mix together whatever, some type of chemical reaction. So I agree with you on that, that... There are there is a time and the place to use a firearm. Sure, I agree with that. But I'm saying in everything else in life, when you're not being shot at, because you just said real world. Real world, I bet you every single person in this chat is never going to get shot at. Maybe one. Maybe one person that's listening to this chat will be shot at compared to all the other people that will never, ever in their whole life get in a situation. So that part is... You need to be prepared for it, sure, but the more realistic part is getting stuck in the woods, getting lost camping, do you know whatever, 
you're losing power and, and, you know, not having stuff for your house or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So if you can MacGyver stuff out of what you have laying around, then I think that's a valuable skill to have. And also the attitude that let's not let this broken whatever item uh, ruin our fishing trip. Oh, gosh, Bob, come on. Let's not let this ruin our fishing trip. Let's just get the motor running and uh, and deal with this when we're back at the dock. Okay, and I, I want to add one thing about it, and this is something that MacGyver basically promoted, and it became an icon. He always the Swiss both. Army knife, and this thing um, is one of the most useful tools in the world. And Swiss Army knife was iconic long now, before the mullet ever got a hold of it, dude. It wasn't round. It was around long before MacGyver, but because of his show and the popularity of it, so many more people have these, and and in many cases, I'm sure it saved their lives because they were carrying a Swiss Army knife because they watched MacGyver and thought, you know what, that's a darn good idea. That just have that little tool in your pocket. So I mean, <laughs> kudos to him for doing that and making more people carry a useful tool that includes a knife blade as well as everything else. So that one has a blade on it, Bob? Oh, yeah. You think you could use that to open your fucking closet and get a shirt? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Even with the air on, it's hot in here. And besides, you know, a little something for the ladies. Yeah. And then we are, that benefit is that we are up to 37 viewers as soon as Bob got naked on the show. So, Well, I, I, I'll, I'll say a benefit to a Swiss Army knife is it's got the, the corkscrew, you know, bottle opener thing. I'm going to use that to jam in my eyes, <laughs> and hopefully I'll never have to see that again. <laughs> it's, it's what the, is wrong with you guys and men being shirtless? I don't understand it. It's not. It's understandable, but then the memories. The memories. It's so common to for men to go shirtless in my country. I don't understand why this is so weird to hear. Hey, man, you can, go back, to your, you can go back to your country anytime you're ready, Bob. I don't want to because it's still cold there. This then is a put country, a shirt on. This is a country where we encourage you to participate in the melting pot, but leave your crazy ass weird shit at home. Hey, you know what? When I, was, when I was at Big Sandy last year walking around without my shirt on, I found a couple of women following me around. It was kind of weird. Yeah, they had to make sure you weren't on the sex offender registry. What is just. You know, you're not wearing a shirt because it's hot out, and you're, you know, you want to get some October. sun on your skin. Except it was October. But, uh, vitamin uh, D. Let's, get, let's go back to MacGyver and not Bob being shirtless, okay? Let's, let's wrap up MacGyver here. Oh, are we wrapping it up? This is a pretty. Well, hey, man, if you want to keep going, we can keep going. But, uh, I think Bob, in, in spite of his apparel or a t lack of attire, uh, had a good point that. Yeah, I think that again, what I give, I give if it's a if it's a seesaw or a, a balance or a scale, I understand that and I'll acknowledge that it's way too anti-gun and it was unnecessarily anti-gun. I guess it's because that guy, and from what I understand, it's because the actor is a dick. He doesn't like guns, so yes. he was all about amplifying that portion of it. And then later on, well, if you watch MacGyver, the beginning, the first episode of MacGyver, let's not fail to acknowledge the first episode of MacGyver. He's shooting an AK-47. So this, I forget what year, what I say those years were? Um, 85. 85. 1985. One year after Red Dawn, a show debuts, and the guy's improvising munitions, and it starts out with him with an AK-47. So 
that was our first introduction to MacGyver, and then he becomes uh, whatever, like becomes more into his like crazy ideas. So um, anyway, the beginning of it, he was more of like, uh, I don't carry a gun because I don't need it, not because I hate guns. Later in the season, he did become definitely more of like, I don't like guns because I think they're a menace to society or scourge to society or something. So I'm not going to dis, I'm not going to justify that because that was bullshit. But that is more towards the end. But I think, again, that it's such a part of culture. For whatever reason, that thing just caught on and, and everyone knows what improvising is MacGyvering. And uh, I think for that, it outweighs that anti-gun slight. Because honestly, nobody watched MacGyver after the first couple of years anyway. It was a thing, but only kids were watching it. So it was probably brainwashing some kids, which was a bad thing. But at the same point, it was brainwashing them that uh, uh, being responsible for yourself and having your wits about you, like I said on the gun channel side, um, thinking outside the box, um, that I think was an overall benefit. And that's something that we can all own. He was, even though he was a Canadian, he was, you know, it's an American show, and, well, I think that... Yeah, and you got to remember, like, no matter what his politics were, the writers were the ones ultimately put the words in his mouth. And I don't... Personally, I don't care what any actor's um, beliefs are on firearms, because I don't care, actually, what any of them think. They're actors, right? They're These are not smart people. Yeah, and I mean... People I, who and, are good at acting. And, and I came out of watching the show quite a bit and still pro gun. So it's like, and I, I hear what you're saying as far as, yeah, he near the end, it was bad guys have guns. Good guys don't type of thing. And the guns are evil type, whatever, but still going back to like what you had said, the, the MacGyver attitude, the thing of just, you can do it yourself. You can fix it. You know, it, it's not that big of a deal. You, you got some duct tape and some rubber bands, whatever you can figure it out. So, in I'm review, giving, the I'm, entire panel said no, good idea. I'm giving it a bad idea. Just to, just good. To, just to, thank you. Just to mess with the sides. My theory worked. Negative reinforcement. I got you, G. Ha! It was the threat of a gun. That's and just, uh, you know, I want to give a, a word of warning, because I learned this the hard way. If you're playing the MacGyver drinking game, uh, you know, be prepared to drink a lot and what throw up and potentially die from alcohol poisoning. Well, I didn't do that, but uh, I went with because there's so many things you can pick. So I, I would do like three per episode, but the the main ones were every time you see his Swiss Army knife, every time he shakes his hand after he punches somebody, which was every time he punches somebody, <laughs> which was every time he punched somebody, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the the other one, this is the real killer, is you take a drink for every time you see a clock like count down. So if it shows like 10, 9, 8, and then it cuts away to something else, then 5, 4, 3. Like just every time you actually see the number change, you take a drink. Well, you, you can't do physically do that. Come on. If you watch the show. I did physically do that. I got through two episodes. I was in my, my room, so I wasn't driving anywhere, and I was pretty drunk. <laughs> No doubt. After two episodes. After watching MacGyver all drunk, do you wake up and there's like Swiss Army knives jammed into everything in the house? No, but I had a clock <laughs> out of potato. No, I was going to say, but no, there's mullet hair everywhere. <laughs> I, I, I woke up and found that I canceled my hair appointment for the following day. So I'm like, I'm going to let it grow. <laughs> nice. Party in the, what is it? 
business up front, in the, party, business in the up front party in the back. Thank you. You got it, baby. And MacGyver liked hockey. So that was another thing for the MacGyver American just didn't like hockey. Like, MacGyver actually hockey could thing? play hockey. Yeah. Well, yeah. MacGyver could actually play hockey. Of course he was. He, he was Canadian, for God's sakes. And he well, was wearing a Red Wings jersey. All right. You know what? Uh, if Bob keeps going on about MacGyver, I'm going to switch mine to bad idea. Because I've had about enough of this uh, national icon <laughs> elevating it. And well, putting the only it on good a thing ever to come like out of Canada. No wrong. Yeah, there was a lot no, of there was a few others. normalization attempts in that show also because of that guy's, well, Canadian's influence over that guy. So, all right, we're going to move on. So we do a good idea, bad idea every week. If you'd like to suggest a topic for the uh, this segment, then feel free to uh, either email us, dailygunshow at gmail.com, uh, send us in a suggestion. Or join us on the second Saturday of every month where we get together with our Patreon supporters and do a live show and schedule the month ahead. And we'll uh, see whatever slots are open and we grab uh, suggestions from our audience. Or sometimes, like this, maybe we figure out, like, you know, Canadian brainwashing is a topic we're talking about. We might add that ourselves to the schedule in the future sometime. But if you ever have an idea for us, feel free to let us know. Definitely makes the show better because otherwise we end up talking about the four or five things we like to nerd out on. Uh, we definitely that, want to thank the entire audience for their participation, whether you're participating now on YouTube or gun channels or Instagram or Facebook or wherever you find Daily Gun Show. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, today especially we have quite a few uh, live viewers, so thanks everybody for watching. And if you would, uh, give us a thumbs up or whatever on whatever platform it is. Uh, if it's on gun channels, say, you know, hey, in the, uh, in the, uh, chat there or something so we have an idea of where you're listening but yeah uh thanks uh, again to the people we've we've urged our listeners in the past to share the show with people who might be interested so if people have done that uh thanks it's it's paying off all right so uh with that i think it's time to hit the gun shop of the day i don't know how much we can do let's do a quick google search for it so one of the reasons we do the show every single day is to uh, give us a platform to talk about a new gun shop every day and we attempt to do that. Bob is going to be traveling the country here, so hopefully he'll be out collecting a bunch of new uh, contacts and uh, sees a bunch of new shops here. Uh, but we're going to be that. talking about, I don't have no idea how to say this. Do you guys have any clue how you would say this? Shop? Shoebox. Shoebox. So it looks like uh, this was sent in by somebody. I usually um, just take the email and, and throw it into the schedule. So I'm not sure who sent it in, but uh, it's in Jackson, Michigan. Yep. That Probably Michigan. right down the road from the prison. Okay. Well, that's a neat place for it. Where is, uh, it says the city is Jackson. Where is Jackson, Michigan? If you look at Michigan looking like a mitten. I think it's up from Smeggy and to the left. So basically like in the web of the thumb? like in that. No, it's... No, it's, I think... Yeah, west. Oh, by the pinky finger of Michigan? Um, I'm thinking it's down from your ring finger. I okay. think it's down from there. Yeah, it's, it's in, it'd be in like the... It's kind of middle-ish. Um, I guess we could look at a map, but that would be a lot of effort for us. Yeah, that, yes. that would be very we complicated. And that was sent in by one of our listeners. Uh, looks like they uh, have a pretty nice site uh, with some pictures. I guess I will screen share since I'm looking at the website. Kind of. Right on. 
So here we got some pictures of the shop. I always like shops that have a lot of inventory up on the wall so you can get a good look at it. Looks like they've got their price tags uh, hanging out, which is nice also so you don't have to sit there and feel bad about bugging somebody for an hour and a half as you look at the prices on a million guns. Looks like we've got some... Uh, is that a bird on the wall? What's that? Top and to the right. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, that's like a pheasant, it looks like. Just its head nice. is in this picture frame, but it's sort of that like in-flight type oh, of... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, got but a lot right, of... Right in front of that deer, is that a poodle? In front of this deer here? Yeah, see the deer? See on the... It looks like the deer's shoulder, but is that a poodle or something? Mm, that's a good question. I doubt it's a poodle, though, because... I don't want to say I'm going to go with no, but... Okay, but. could be a baby lion. No, I doubt that, but... Anyway, but yeah, I mean... A little shotgun. Oh, nice. yeah. Yeah, lots of good stuff on the wall. Oh, yeah, look at it. Look at all the, the semi-auto shotguns and stuff. I mean, that's nice. He's got a lot of stuff there, and uh, I was only kidding about the poodle, guys. Everybody should know that. Okay. See, some says don't mess with that fella. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like they've got some powders, some some components. I'm guessing they do some a little bit of reloading stuff as well. Looking down here, a lot of shotguns. So is that an area with a lot of upland bird hunting? Lots of hunting in general. Okay. Oh, you guys also hunt with shotguns out there. You don't shoot. You hunt with right. rifles. Michigan's uh, depends on where you live. Yeah, it's it, it is in the restricted firearm zone, which used to be called the shotgun zone. Uh, up yes. north, you're allowed to use rifles. And then down south, you used to only be allowed to use shotguns for deer hunting. Now you can use straight walled cartridges, so like forty fours and whatnot. But uh, just, just just to sum up, Jackson is south of Lansing and west of Ann Arbor, which is basically like dead dead center the of the back of your hand. Look at the back of your left hand. So dead center below your your middle finger. And about level with like the middle of your thumb. But oh, you said Lansing? Yeah. Oh, right it's the south of Lansing. I got it on my screen. Boom. There it is, right there. So you could have said like a minute and a half. Look at that. Michigan almost looks like Canada. It's got tons of lakes. <laughs> oh my I thought you were gonna say Michigan kind of looks like a mitten. Did, does Bob it does kind of look like a mitten. Canada. Does, does Bob seriously think Canada is a, is, a pen, is a peninsula? Or maybe a monster screaming. I don't know. There's a mouth right there. Kind of. Right, it does kind of look bad. like. If you looked at just this, it almost looks like if this was the line between Canada and the United States, that almost kind of looks like Canada. <laughs> and it does. It's only because North America kind of looks like a mitten from way the hell out here. Hey, <laughs> the size of that Maggie. country. You could, you could put two United States in Canada, couldn't you? Hey, Smeggy, what does the border crossing like? Is there a wall at Windsor or the tunnel? What's the story? <laughs> uh, no, there, there's no wall. There's the Detroit River. So Talking about here? Yeah. That's how the Canadians get across on that little bridge right there. And that yeah, little, there's, there's a bridge the and a tunnel. Right. So and if they're going to build with stopping the flow of Canadians, he could probably do some bubble gum on this one and some kind of a uh, like. I didn't didn't uh, didn't uh, didn't they just build a new bridge? They're going to build a new bridge south of Detroit, oh. so all the truck traffic can like come up oh, from cool. Toledo area and then cut over into Canada without having to go right. through downtown Detroit and screw That'll up all of our traffic. Yeah, that'd oh, be yeah. awesome, actually. 
I know. You know how much money we make on diesel fuel? It's like twice the price it is here. Yeah, but the guy that owns the Ambassador Bridge is trying to stop it. Oh, no doubt, because he's like, you you pay me to go over that bridge. I apologize to our audience that we're now talking about, like, traffic in Michigan. Well, and just for the record, we are going to build a bridge, and literally Canada is going to pay for it. Nice. Not putting a penny into the bridge. All right. That's awesome. So you guys could talk about that. But anyways, yeah. yeah. It, it, you talk about Jackson's a big like farming area, lot, lots of hunting. So I could see why they would have lots of like shotguns and type of things because there's plenty of fields and probably plenty of game to shoot at. Looks that like shop looks cool. Cameras and handguns and whatnot too. So although we didn't see a lot of pictures of them in here, well, no. Oh yeah, they got Kimbers. Yep. They got um, yeah, some nice stuff. Definitely, I've checked that one out. Well, I can't really. It's the wrong part of the country for me. Well, they're not going to let you go into Michigan, Bob. Are you kidding? Oh, you kidding me? I can go anywhere. It's America, man. You'd like to think so, buddy. We got freedom here. This is North America. Freedom freedom ain't for everybody, bro. Although, apparently, we're we're now talking about building a fence uh, because a whole bunch of Somali refugees are leaving America and coming to Canada. So Dusty is saying it's about 20 miles from the state line, about 30 minutes from him on 94. And he says, very good shop. He visits often. So thanks. I'm not sure if uh, Dusty sent that in. He also follows up with good inventory range and archery range, which I guess I closed it already. But a third of the website is talking about archery. So uh, pretty cool. That's awesome if they got a range, though. I mean, any that just like that elevates the gun shop to a, a next level type of thing if they got a range, let alone a range and an archery range. So then no, for uh, sure. we want to thank whoever sent that in. Uh, we do appreciate it. The goal, like say, of doing the show on the daily is so that we can hit some of these things every single day. And we want to fo- uh, feature different gun shops that are out there that are unique or interesting. Uh, they could use a little assistance getting the word out there. Uh, shops like this one, uh, who knows when you might find yourself in uh, Michigan for a work event or church or school or, I don't know, family event or something. Somebody moves and now you have an idea of uh, a shop you might want to visit. Uh, you might be uh, anyway. You might be helping that shop out a bit, and it keeps our show interesting. And uh, like I say, Bob's about to be traveling, so if you know any shops specifically in northern Arizona, uh, northern New Mexico, um, uh, Tulsa or Oklahoma, uh, anything in Texas, uh, Bob will be sweeping the country here, uh, doing a road trip. So uh, one of the reasons we send Bob out like that is that he can uh, experience some of those gun shops. So if you want to uh, suggest some again, again, uh, our email address is dailygunshow at gmail.com or uh, let us know on the um, comments of these videos uh, or like I say, jump in and chat with us on on the second Saturday of every month. For sure. What do we want to hit next? Oh, what do we got left? Gun of the day? Sure. I guess we're uh, going to screen share here and take a look at another video. We've been doing a video series of Gun of the Days. And it looks like today we're looking at a couple of different 380s. I uh, did this video back in November in 2009. Uh, Bursa's Argentinian, right? Or where? where's Bursa from again? I know it's South America. South America. I don't remember where. Oh, maybe I just said... 
That's a Russian Makarov, uh, German Sig. Oh, I just say South American Versa. So uh, anyway, they're all rip off of each other, aren't they? No, one came before the others. Right, that Makarov there. And then they all just ripped it off. No, the other way. Yeah, pretty sure the PPK was first. Well, oh, really? Walther, yeah. Oh, okay. So basically, though, that idea of having a um, gun that comes apart by yanking down on the trigger guard and being a real stiff little uh, slide, and then usually have European-style mag releases. Well, of course, because they were all European. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who think that that's a preferable way to switch mags, especially on a little gun. And I don't know if that's because of the mechanics of not wasting a bunch of time putting a delicate little mag release up top, or if they really think it's just, you know, in the dark, it's easier to just bring your hands together. Then to be fun so on the European style release, literally you're bringing your hand down the, the grip first before you can release the magazine because you're pulling it off the bottom, correct? Yeah, exactly. You're intentionally bringing your hands together, which pretty much everybody can do anytime, and then... Yeah, manipulating the mag out, and then depending, these are little guns, so the magazines aren't very big. You could have them both in one hand, or else, and just bring your hands back together and then insert that thing. I don't know if anybody, you think they were really designing these guns were what designed in like the 50s or something, 40s maybe. Do you think that they were really worried about well, efficient mag changes? I don't think they were. No, because most of them were like the PPK or whatever. It's like literally carry for peace. It was originally designed for whether, um, I don't remember if it was detective special style or if it was literally like almost patrol style. I do not recall. Probably it was just up to the whatever, but basically that's the concept, right? Is that they were issued and, uh, I would imagine also coming from revolvers where you had six or five shots. So they were like seven. Why would you ever need to reload? Now we have more bullets than we've ever had before. Maybe I'm just. Well, saying. it was all way easier to load that and or faster. I mean, not easier, but faster. Right. Compared to a revolver again, like, cause we're looking at it from like, you know, 17 round nine millimeter perspective. Like, Oh, compared to that, it's, clunky and archaic, but compared to reloading a revolver, this had to be like a million times faster. And plus, at that time, you know, you, they weren't talking like replacing the 357 revolver. They were talking about like 32s and 38s. Like probably actually, they were probably talking about 32s is what they were talking about replacing. Yeah, a little really. five shots. Five shots. And a lot of or the time, the break cops well, or what have you, you know. Or it was a an eleven millimeter black powder revolver. I mean, a, a lot of militaries didn't. No, eleven millimeter black powder revolver, and then you think a lot of departments went from an eleven millimeter black powder revolver to a freaking Sig. Or the Walther. I'm going to be inclined to disagree with that thought. Yeah, I think there might have been. You look at World War One; they were replacing those big bore black powder revolvers with thirty twos. Now these are I know, but, but basically that's Yeah, but this a, isn't yeah, World War really One. This is literally right. after World War Two and probably right around the time either during or after of Korea, not World War One. That's when right? these but these revolvers evolved from the early uh, single action browning type design thirty two ACPs. 
you said revolver, do you mean these little pocket pistols? Well, no, no, no. When I'm talking revolvers, like for the military, the military actually replaced their, their big caliber, big bore revolvers with 32 ACP basic single action, basically a Browning uh, single action revolver or not revolver pistol. Well, then I have less respect for Europe even more than if they're going to do something like that. Look, Bob had to leave in disgust or shame. Mm-hmm. Well, shame, I think. I don't think you can't right. believe that he actually said that. From- they went from that stuff to like, like, forty-five caliber revolvers that were modern and like Nagant revolvers, right? They went to at least a, a cartridge revolver, I would think, and yes. then went yes. to some kind of Luger or crude nine millimeter garbage, and then decided that this was the same thing and went down to this. But I really don't know. I'm just assuming. I'm a European assuming. Sorry, guys. I got. I uh, did something that kicked me out. <laughs> yeah, you're crazy. Yeah, you said something That's stupid, okay, and the Bob. internet said, "Nope." Nope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nope. I guess. All right. Well, I don't even know which one we're technically saying is the gun of the day. Now, Maybe. G, out of those. What? Well, I was just going to ask you, G, you handled all of those, and you're handling them in the video. And this may not be a recent video, but do you? remember any type of like fit and finish changes or did one have a better trigger or any of that do you remember or even shooting smoother or anything hmm so i don't know yeah i guess i mean i have my assumptions but i think i'm wrong well hasn't everyone at some point maybe not had them all four sit together like this but everybody's fiddled with all four of these guns before no Pretty I have not. Not so the, the Makarov. That's the only one I haven't played with is Makarov. So that, oh really? So I think I got thumbs Mac here. I'm going to fiddle with it. But anyway, that, let me go back to where I can see all four of them. This uh, Walther, I guess, the silver one is stainless from what I remember. All the edges are really sharp on it, so it's nice. But it would like if Yankee had it or somebody else had it, they might... That stone down some of the edges. At least I would if I was going to. I was going to say that they'd rub it down for sure, because it's not melted or whatever. And I don't know if that's intentionally ah! stop. You never Sorry. heard that. You never heard that term for uh, rounding the carry gun, melting it. Uh, rounding it down, rubbing it down. No, I mean that that means something completely different where I come from. No, I said I. He said something totally different. Yeah. I would call. Well, I okay, you like yeah. Anyway, then uh, this one's a nice gun. The serrations are kind of sweet. This is probably the one I would take. And that's uh, the SIG, right? I guess so. I don't know which one. The I think I might own it. That might be my gun. And then uh, I don't own it now, but I, <laughs> I owned it back then. And then, uh, but it's European That's the Bursas, the next one. Yeah, Bursas are crude, but they work. I don't like them. They're, they're like a Taurus or like a Maverick. They're, they work, but... They think they're so good, and they're not that great, and they break. So they're okay. They're ergonomic. I'll get out. If you need to get somebody shooting and they're intimidated by anything larger, this might be the transition gun if you got the money or you can borrow one. But I think they get too much credit for being a – I would never carry one. Too many little pieces to break just looking at it. I mean, look at all these other ones. This one, ultimate in simplicity. This one, they, I don't know. It's got horns everywhere, dude. This one here? 
Yeah, like, oh, we don't have enough. Yeah, that bursa. Add some more pointy bits first, and then we need more levers and dongles, but let's make them out of, like, coat hanger and stuff that breaks so that once we add more parts, they break right away. And then, like, whatever the hell this little lever thingy, like, let's make it so that it's not even all going to fit underneath the grip. But it's super comfortable. I would say out of these, this one's probably the most comfortable to hold on to, followed by this guy. So then there's this one, which is just ultimately simple, super cool. It's like the AK of little pistols. So I would say if you're going to own any of them, probably this one, because they used to be like 75 bucks. And then uh, you can get stuff that's cool for them. The trigger guard coming down is legit. These don't have the trigger guard that comes down. They think they're better than that. And then uh, this one costs too much. This one costs too much. This one is okay for playing around. So that's my summary so, of them. Yeah. I, wouldn't own it. I don't think it's a necessary gun as far as carry. It needs a 380. It's tedious. Carry a well, now, are any of them small enough where they would be, for some people, dare I say, summer carry? Are they small right. enough? Here's what I think. People get a 1911 or maybe like a Glock or whatever their large normal gun size is, and then they think for some reason, oh, if I'm going to go swimming, I need a smaller gun and then they go look at 22s and people discourage them and then they see these and they go oh they're comfortable and they buy them and then they they don't realize like this one weighs about a million pounds this one weighs a little bit less and this one weighs close and then this one is kind of heavy too so none of these are lightweight so you look at them you hold them you're like oh this is great and then you actually put them in your bathing suit or whatever like tube top or whatever you planned on carrying them in and it sags all down <laughs> it's in a closet or whatever it sits in a drawer for the rest of the time so that's why bursts never break, because people buy them, and they're like, oh, I don't want to carry this sharp thing that pokes me. Look at these sights. So is the right carry for swim trunks a 25 then? Like a little baby browning? Is that what Clock all 19. surfers should have in stainless? Clock 19. You just get one of them little retention things and strap it to your other ankle. Um, It's not concealed when they can see it. Doesn't have to be. You're surfing. I mean, unless you wear unless you wear bathing trunks that go all the way down to your feet, I guess. Wear a beach robe. No, I'm saying just attach it with one of them little curly cords like they put on a surfboard so that you don't ever lose it in the water. Oh, okay, okay. Use it to defend yourself against sharks. Cause That's called a leash, by the way, just in case you were wondering. That is called a leash. Okay. Yeah. Well, most surfers need to be leashed. In pistols, we call them retention liners. Thank you. Anyway, so that's uh, kind well, of the day. Pistol would, it would be a lanyard on a pistol. Oh, Thank you, lanyard. G. That was an excellent video. Yes, very good. Had to fill in. Bob's here, but he didn't. Hey, you know, I put a gun in yesterday, and nobody wanted to talk about it because uh, you had already put a gun in. So there. You already did your job. No, we moved your gun down, I think, so it's in there just weeks from now. God, okay, nice. that's a really cool one. 5,000 links. I get it. Hit or miss is starting at Tuesday night's nine o'clock. Oh, well, starting right Got now. Got it. Uh oh, do we have time to do this one? We're gonna do mo movie. So every day we like to talk about a gun movie. If you haven't seen it in a while, we remind you about it. If you're a youngin', you ain't seen nothing good yet. We tell you about it. Today, it's Terminator Two, second Terminator. Hey, but also, Smex man, if you gotta go, we understand, dude. I don't want you to mess up your show either. But if you're cool, yeah. we're cool, of course. You okay. know. Well, the man. show's not starting until 9. That's three hours from now. <laughs> 9 Eastern, Bob. Bob. Okay, so yeah, what time is it called time Bob, zones? Bob and man. Ah, whatever. I, I go from, like, we kind of change our time, but and then to...
where we never change our time. I used to live in a province we never changed our time. So I, I think the whole change. Anyways, time I give Terminator two thumbs up. Along. All right, Terminator yep. two. Terminator two, two thumbs up. Yeah, I'm gonna give it two thumbs up for sure too. Uh, I really like that one uh, where the Arnie was no longer a bad guy. He didn't swear as much in that one, and it did go to PG-13, which was kind of a bummer. But yeah. and two is really just and that's and that's right why right why too what G Web is showing on a screen right now. Terminator Two is really just a bunch of movie wrapped around that scene right there, which made the whole movie for yep. me. And you're kind of awesome, awesome. She was so hot back then. Oh my goodness. Let's. But also, there was Terminator made out of uh, what liquid metal? Yeah, liquid the metal liquid metal stuff. That's what, like, which was some of the everyone best, knows uh, that thing. Yep, the T one thousand. You mean? Well, I just mean the, nah. the liquid. Like everyone knows of the liquid metal, like that scene where his face heals up or whatever. The chopper pilot, where he comes in through the window of the chopper no, where Arnie and says, "Get out." Remember the scene where Arnie blows his head into two pieces, basically? That's the cool scene. Well, he's got the bloop tube, and he blows practically everything from his torso up in half. Which is great. Yeah. It was a really good movie. I loved the special effects. I loved, I loved Arnie great with soundtrack. the Reaver Action shotgun. Which was a Browning design. Yeah, right, nice. Well, I'm gonna, Plays I'm out there. Out. I need I'll to put you guys, uh, I'll let you guys finish up. up the show. But uh, that's hey, thank I you for everything, Smags. Two thumbs up. Terminator Thanks, Smags. Good movie. For some reason, it's the only Terminator on Netflix. I remember one day oh, I, wow. I got it in my head that I was going to just, I'm just going to binge watch all the Terminators. Like, that'll be fun. They only had Terminator 2. I'm like, what the hell? You don't even have the first one? Like, I can't just watch two all by itself. That's not fair. You got to start the first and, and go through as many as there are. Yeah. Whatever. Yep. Yep. So. Hey, have a good show, buddy. Yep. Thank you. See you guys. All right, man. And G-Webs, are you going to say anything about it? Or are you just going to keep, definitely, keep, I keep think on keeping on? Thumbs like, up from everyone. Oh, yeah. I'm looking for the scene where he pulls that roof off of the gun bunker i couldn't find that one so i'll say this is another iconic scene i think oh i got you he pulls up the two chains and then literally over guns and roses don't you love that shotgun i still want to buy one of those even though they're not that good a shotgun well the chapel is jamomatic from my understanding unless you clean it up post-production. Yeah, Renko makes one and it's the same problem. Yeah, I, they definitely glorified things you could do with that shotgun that regular people I don't think they were going to be able to do with that shotgun. That's like when he flips it forward? Yeah, I don't think you're doing that if you've ever filled one. Well, Wait, that sorry, is doable. It looks very cool when he flips it forward. Yeah. He does. It is doable, but it hurts like hell. But it also it like it chucks it. It, well, it sure chucks it potentially too. Yeah, if yeah. you think, well, then in turn, cause that jam. Yeah.
if you try to do that with like a 22, it's got such a short action, like you, you really can't, it's not, they don't move enough. And then these are the other end where there's such a long action that, you know, you can do it with a for the rifle, but with the shotgun, it's just, it's, it's not the yeah. lever comes down. So I've done it with, it really work. I've, I've done it with 30 thirties and it really does hurt. That's a lot of weight to have twist and torque in your wrist. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should shoot something besides my there. All right. So we're giving it. Well, Mikulik is a terminator, by the way, he was sent from the future. So, Somebody was commenting that Mikulik, and we don't know post production and fluffing or buffing was involved. I'm sorry, G, am I talking over you? My bad. Oh, okay. No, I think we got a buffering issue or something. Anyway, so uh, yeah, we're all giving Terminator two two thumbs up, I think. And uh, not my favorite. I still like number one more, but two is pretty good. Yeah, I really like oh, two yeah. because. Uh, Arnie as far as sequel though, man, coming, I mean, yeah, as far as sequels go for movie franchises and stuff, it's one of the best sequels to the original compared to a lot of other sequels of other movies out there. You know I what agree. I mean? And with the significance, one would be another one where it's here. We're having some kind of a lag thing. With the significance of Terminator, a, t a bad sequel could have really killed it. But they, yeah, it, they had a lot to live up to, and they did pretty good at it. A lot of people like two better than one. Yeah. I, meant I, I, I think that's true. And I, I think in my case, I think I just barely, but I think I like two just a little bit better than one. I mean, one was amazing. It was a great movie. Uh, when it came out, it was one of the few movies I went to see in a theater. You know, it was it was just excellent. Terminator 2, same thing. I went to see it in theater. But I think Terminator 2, I liked it a little tiny bit more. And I think it was partially just because uh, even as, as in Terminator 1, Arnold, he did, there was something that you just liked about the Terminator. I don't know why. So when he came back as the good guy, and it was a really funny part in so many ways like it, uh, he made that character come alive so yeah i think he uh, definitely big two thumbs up yeah good show i also like when you're mentioning that that they um they, they extrapolate on uh pieces of the first one that they only touched on so like the battlefields in the future and whatnot they gave you a better taste of that and that was definitely satisfying yeah. And you were talking about as a bad sequel could have killed us. I'm going to agree with you. And by the time, okay, so the third one was the chick, right? The chick Terminator? Uh-huh. Correct? Yes. Right. And the third one is the Christa, one with Christina Loken. There's the one where he's like a teenager and he goes into what's her name's veterinary place to fix himself and then she comes and helps him and it turns out they were friends when they were kids or something and then there's that like that ridiculous fire engine scene going down the road. Yep. It got kind of bigger than life. They were trying to spend money and not make a cool movie, it seemed like. So I think a lot of people Well and they had to get it together mm -hmm. where John Connor uh gets it gets uh, stored in pocket, so to speak, with uh, the person who start the resistance with. And I mean, that's is he breaking happened up in the third else? one. And then what? Oh, it could be me, I guess. 
Well, Z sounds like check. he's breaking for me. No, this. tell us. All right. Well, we don't need to keep going on and on, or I don't need to anyway. Yeah, yeah let's do a healthy tip of the day. All right. So every day we try to remind everybody that the most important part of the gun is the part that pulls the trigger. With that in mind, we offer a healthy tip, and today's is do your own yard work. Or here's an even better one. Let's say you're on vacation, maybe even another country. Volunteer to do a whole bunch of yard work for some friend of yours for no reason. So and for no pay at all. So that's another way to be healthy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so you, Bob can tell you, I, my, my yard is immaculate because I'm always out there doing my own yard work to stay healthy. I but, tell you what, uh, it's, it's it, like, an ice lemonade goes a long pay. Ice cold lemonade garden, goes a like long way for yard work pay. I'm telling you, like, it's house and gardens, you know? You drive by and go, man, he should have an award. You know, seriously. You know, the city's always contacting me about the state of my yard. Yeah, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> In my mind's eye, gee, I got this pic of the cop car, the van, a storage shed, and then various other accoutrements in the yard. Boats, canoes. <laughs> you got well, no, hey, don't give away any uh, security or nothing. Boat no, actually, you drive around Arizona, it's pretty much the same. <laughs> like, they say we have oh, more okay. people in Arizona than per capita than they have in Minnesota. How crazy is that? Since they try of, and say what? No, they, they say that there's more boats per capita, so a higher percentage of boat owners in Arizona than there is in, in uh, Minnesota. I've heard that said before. We have a lot of little lakes, yeah. and I guess it's more enjoyable for us to get on a lake than people in Minnesota must just borrow boats a lot or something. You can do it year-round, number one. Yeah, well, I don't care yeah. about going in the water. They're always around water, so we probably appreciate it when we flock to yeah, the water. In, in Minnesota, it's just falling from the sky all the time, so it's like, oh, why would I want to go on a lake? I hate water. It you know, freezes over in the winter, gentlemen. Hello. And then, Well, that's when they go yeah, out and fish. Yeah. So anyway, that was our healthy tip today. If you ever have an idea for a healthy tip, we're recycling some from last year. Um, feel free to, su to suggest them. Um, if you'd like to elaborate on that portion of the show, feel free. It is uh, sort of the idea. You know, we want to keep that in mind or keep it on the, what am I trying to say? Keep on, you know, uh, on the, uh, in the conversation. Yes. Go ahead. It's a good idea. I mean, for us, we do it for completely selfish reasons. Uh, the more people who don't die because they're getting some exercise, the more they'll stay around and watch the show. Well, I thought you were going to say the more people that don't die stay committed to the second and fighting. For... I was going to say promote the Second Amendment, yes. Well, and that too. And can hopefully bring in the next generation of the Second Amendment appreciators as well. Hey, I'm trying to promote the show here, guys. I know Second Amendment's important, but so is this show. Yeah, we promote the Second Amendment. Well, with that, though, I think we should uh, wrap it up so that everybody can run over to Hit or Miss, check it out, and what else do we have happening on gun channels tonight? Yeah, Z? Forgot to um, mention. Hit or Miss and it's Big Gunner, right? Right, and we ran right on top of Andalusia Armory. They started right about when we start and then end a little while ago. So if you haven't already... 
if, if you listen to him last couple, if you listen to us the last couple of weeks, we had him on as guest. Uh, it's a group of guys that run a shop in Andalusia, uh, Alabama, and they, um, uh, right, Alabama, right? Yep. They uh, close the shop early on Tuesdays. They uh, set up a table and a webcam, and they broadcast a show from the shop. And it's uh, ultimately interesting for me. Uh, it's like insight to what's going on at a gun shop. So if you were into cars, it would be interesting to listen to guys who work at a car place. Uh, if you listen, if you're into guns, it's interesting to listen to the adventures of what happens at a at a gun shop. So um, anyway, they're on on Tuesdays, right where we are. So both of us are recorded. If you miss us, listen to them live. Vice versa, if you listen to us live, check them out recorded. Yeah, for sure. Um, because they are just like a bunch of guys who work in the shop. They're sitting around shooting the shit, really, and it's really interesting. It's it's a it's a really good watch. I I watch it myself all the time. So I'm just gonna say everybody else should check it out. I think we can wrap up episode 267. We'll be back here same time tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern. That's for Pacific for another exciting show. We're gonna be talking about CCW. Should you train with a specific carry gun? That means and then uh the entertainment segment we'll be talking about gun magazines that should be interesting and then on wednesdays we do a tactical quiz so uh looking forward to that we'll see you then okay everybody um i'm just gonna warn the guys you might want to avert your eyes i'm doing this for a certain lady so uh camera's going on there we go uh, yeah that's kind of weird but Anyway, um, the quote today is uh, man's rights. Uh, where was it? All right. This is by Frederick Douglass. Um, this is during the Civil War. He was uh, uh, civil rights, I guess you'd call him. He was, he was uh, working towards freeing the slaves. And making, Can you speak into the microphone, please? Making Lincoln sign the papers. Uh, so anyway, his, his quote um, is uh, a man's rights rest in three boxes. The ballot box the jury box, and the cartridge box. So keep that in mind, guys. And remember, vote, support the Second Amendment. And please uh, subscribe and um, like our podcast. And we'll see you all tomorrow. The guys and gals of gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching gunwebsites.com.